0: With many global and local uncertainties, the investing world may seem even more daunting than before. Philip Saunders, the Director of Investment Institute at 91 in London, joins us now. A very good evening to you. Thanks so much for your time on the market update with MoneyWeb. So the investment world is a confusing place at the moment. What do you think people should be doing as investors?
1: Yes, right. Well, that's starting off with a really challenging (laughs) question. Uh, So I think that... um, uh, look, we're, we're in a bear market. And so therefore, um, uh, but we've had bear markets in the past. And, you know, typically, you know, we eventually will see a recovery. So I think for the moment, uh, it's right for investors or their investment managers to uh, remain pretty cautious, mm-hmm. um, because the world's an uncertain place, we've seen inflation running at levels that we haven't seen in decades, and um, uh, there's a war going on, and interest rates are going up at a time when growth is weakening, which is very unusual. So I think we've got uh, a difficult period to get through. But one of the good things about that, of course, is that, uh, you know, everything was, more or less everything was expensive before because of the kind of monetary policies being pursued, which drove asset prices up in a very general way, particularly after the COVID or during the COVID period. Uh, so the fact that value is being restored And you know there are actually some bargains around That is potentially a good thing uh, for investors Because you can at least invest in assets over the medium term uh, That you're likely to get a good return from mm-hmm.
0: How do you think the Ukraine crisis is likely to play out And will geopolitics be a factor that investors Have to continue to take into account in the future?
1: Yeah, I'm afraid that um, geopolitical risks are here to stay we had a long period after the Cold War when that was not the case. Uh, so geopolitical risk was—it uh, was not negligible, but it—it it didn't really have any meaningful impact uh, uh, on on markets, at least on a sustained basis. Now we're into a new world. We've got uh, you know, the shift in the relationship between the U.S. and China. That's the really sort of big one, and of course Russia, uh, which uh, you know has been been in an uneasy position since the um, Soviet Union broke out, broke, broke up uh, and is trying to assert itself now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think that the geopolitical framework is going to remain more fractious in
0: the future. And you spoke about inflation a little bit earlier on, Philip. Are we entering into a new inflation regime or is this transitory shocks? So
1: I think it's, you know, in the end, it's uh, it, it's probably going to be relatively transitory, okay. you know, in it, to the extent that, uh, um, you know, I don't think we're sort of going back into a sort of 1970s type uh, inflation regime. Yes. Mm. So we've had, you know, it's similar in the sense that it's resulted from a shock. The context, however, is different. And there are a lot of powerful disinflationary forces Uh, at work, you know, including things like demographics, Western populations are ageing. That tends to imply deleveraging, which uh, and there's a lot of debt around. So so I think that um, uh, so inflation will come down from these very high levels, um, but it's going to remain higher than we've witnessed over the last since the global financial crisis. So a high level of inflation, a different interest rate regime, so this whole low inflation, zero rate sort of kind of environment that that, that uh, um, was in place after the global financial crisis, that is in the past. So we're having a reset in terms of interest rates. We're having a reset in terms of inflation. Uh, but it means that, you know, in the States, for example, inflation had averaged something nearer to 1% on an annual basis. You know, again, mm-hmm. we're sort of looking at something maybe sort of that will eventually settle sort of sub 3%. Um, So that's very different to the 1970s.
0: Okay. staying in the United States, then, has the belief that the U.S. Federal Reserve will step in with accommodative monetary policy to buoy markets, specifically the U.S. equity market, if prices fall too fast, too quickly been cancelled?
1: Yeah, so I think that, um, look, if we're sort of heading for a, uh, you know, depressionary shock or something like that, uh, then, you know, monetary policy will again have to be supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, as we were talking about earlier on about the new uh, interest rate regime, I think the the ability of central banks, Western central banks, uh, to uh, be very soft in terms of monetary policy um, and suffer no inflationary consequences, you know, that has clearly changed. Uh, and mm-hmm. so therefore, you know, now they basically have to uh, uh, fight for their inflation uh, fighting credibility um, mm-hmm. and uh, and that means they uh, that they're, they're generally you know the QE and zero rates is very they're very much last resort policies so mm-hmm. I'm not saying never uh, but but I, th- I suspect that the sort of the trade-off is going to be different in future
0: and what do you think will drive the eventual recovery? So I think that
1: um you know it's very easy to get too gloomy when you're going through a recession uh, and in the west basically the recessions have been pretty mild because governments and central banks have stepped in to uh, uh to sort of provide liquidity to aggressive liquidity to markets to uh, keep asset prices which form a lot of the collateral Uh, keep them up when they can no longer do that, uh, then then obviously there's an uncomfortable reset that has to happen. Mm. But thereafter, I think that we potentially get more balanced recoveries that are less dependent on monetary stimulus, simply inflating asset prices. So it's more sort of real. And I suspect it's going to be more along the lines of a sort of capex driven recovery. I investment-driven recovery in housing uh, and in the energy transition in particular, in response to geopolitical um, issues, uh, uh, as well as the threat of climate change. So I think that that, the next cycle is likely to be pretty different to the the cycle that's preceded it. Uh, And I think investors need to think very carefully about what that implies for which parts of the equity markets are going to do well because I suspect that the next cycle is not going to be led by the big tech giants uh, that we've seen in the past cycle. And it may well be associated with a weakening rather than a strengthening dollar.
0: So those traditional 60-40 type portfolios have experienced one of their worst periods of performance ever. Do you think that approach is no longer valid?
1: Yeah. So I think that um, and we've been saying for some time that uh, you know after a 40, uh, four decades, bull market for conventional beta, both equities and bonds, when investors, all they had to do was invest passively in a sort of 60-40 combination Mm -hmm. uh, of international equities and international bonds, and they've had great returns. It's been fantastic. Um, And and risks have been moderate, and when there have been recessions and bear markets, bonds have performed to offset uh, uh, the poor performance on the equity side. So it's been a sort of great model. But that has started to break down sort of, you know, really a decade ago as far as bonds were concerned. And so we've adopted a much more tactical approach to fixed income markets, you know, given poor valuations. Um, And so going forwards, I think that, um, you know, having 60-40 as a sort of starting point, you know it's probably going to be okay uh, but i think you're going to have to be a lot more flexible around it so simply relying on sort of passive allocations to do the jo- uh, static allocations to, to do the job in terms of providing a sensible return um, or an adequate return for, for for investors needs is going to be sort of you know you're not going to be able to rely on it so the okay. management approach is going to be crucial uh, and i think that uh, um, i think flexibility is is the thing. And I think you've got to make more choices as portfolio managers in order to actually get the returns uh, um, that, that you need. But as a starting point, I think it's still fine.
0: Philip Saunders, the Director of the Investment Institute at 91 in London, joining us there. Thanks so much for your time on the SFM Market Update with MoneyWeb this evening.